It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this hour issue 197 of the DC Primetime Podcast. And by the next time you are hearing our voices after today, we will already be into Crisis on Infinite Earths. How crazy is that? I know. Already. Yeah. It came quick. It really did. Uh, well, we, we still have another normal week show to do. Uh, and people will – maybe we'll try to get that rec- – I don't know if – I don't think we have- – Maybe we'll have time to record a little early. We'll see. Maybe we'll see, we can, yeah, see, we'll we can see. figure it out. So Yeah. Um yeah, we still have to talk about this week coming's episodes, which are the fall finales pretty much for all the shows. Um, with the exception of Arrow. Arrow's not doing a fall finale. Um, they're well, kind of, I guess they are. Um, but before we do before we go any further, uh, before we have to digress a little bit, uh, from the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. Yeah, so we still have one. We, we're two episodes away from starting our discussions of Crisis. But right. by the time you're hearing us, um, we'll be talking about the previous weeks while Crisis will have started. Right. Uh, you know, because it, it starts next Sunday, December 8th. Yeah, um, which is awesome. I'm, I'm I really, I'm really, really pumped. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, that... I don't want to go through another week of the shows because I just want crisis now. But then we watched this this week's of shows and we're like, okay, I'm cool. I'll watch everything that's going to go on this week. And I'm, yeah, you man. Know, and I know by the time you guys are all hearing this, it's you'll probably be hearing this Monday morning. Um, but like I said, with Batwoman and Supergirl that are recording tonight, as of you know December first. Oh my God, we're in December. Ugh. All right. Uh, but uh, but I will say it's the idea that we know we're probably getting teases tonight for these shows. So that ramp up has to start because this is midseason finale time for all these other shows, which is it's it's a big week. It's a real big week. So um, I'm looking yeah, forward it, to seeing where this is going to go, especially with the Flash, especially with the Flash. Whole OK, pardon my language, but holy shit. Good episode. Like, Damn good episode. It, it was a <laughs> fucking fantastic episode. Um, before we dive into, uh, yeah, because we only have two episodes to talk about this week. We have uh, part one of the Flash's fall finale, um, and then we have the Arrow episode that happened this week as well, since Batwoman and Supergirl were on break last week. But before we do that, uh, one very quick question. How was your Thanksgiving, sir? It was nice. It was busy as hell. I'm really happy that I'm not seeing people today. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I can I, understand that. I think since Extra Life, I've just been like, I, I wish I could have a week away from having to speak to a person. Like, 
completely, even my own wife. Like, <laughs> I love everybody. I like. I'm just done with people. I, I'm so done with people. <laughs> um, yeah, but and even was, this week we have we have packs unplugged coming up this weekend. And I, again, I'm looking forward to it. I'm super looking forward to it. But um, for for me, yeah, it's it's just been like it's been a lot of little things we've been doing nonstop. It's been a really great time. Uh, it was a pretty low key Thanksgiving for us, but we had a good time. It was just uh, I'm just ready to just just have that perfect exhale and just kind of like cool. Everything's yeah. done, and for the most part, after packs, man, like I, it, it's the home stretch for the year. Nothing really. In, oh no, I take that back. We're doing a giant Christmas party, <laughs> so and and Star Wars and Star Wars. Yep. All right, so January is going to be really <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited for everything that's to come still for this month. This will be cool. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah, and and my Thanksgiving, I had a enjoyable Thanksgiving as well. I actually spent it with. Uh, Two uh, very dear and close friends of ours yes, uh, who absolutely. invited me over, invited me over to their place for Thanksgiving and we had a great meal uh, and we we played some cards against humanity after dessert. And man, let me tell you, I've never played cards against humanity with just three people before, but I have not laughed that hard in a <laughs> long time. Because you got a great idea as to the type of minds that we have. Oh yeah, it's it, you know what? Honestly, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the game uh, nowadays. But it's a great icebreaker still. That still does not change. Like when you have somebody new that you kind of bring into the fold, that's a great way to figure out who they are as a person. <laughs> so yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's great. But yeah, the the people I know, we can even mention their names here because they have appeared on quite a few episodes of Next Level stuff. So and I know Damon, one of them yeah. actually, yeah, listens to this. He's been yeah. catching up. Yeah, Damon, Damon and Liz, yeah, is who you spent Thanksgiving with. And we went to dinner with them last night. So it's oh, really nice. kind of funny. Yeah. So we yeah. went to a nice little Italian restaurant last night, which was oh, delicious. Very cool. Delicious. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Italian food. Yeah, I, I had traditional lasagna, like Italian lasagna with a fried egg on top of everything and all. It was absolutely delicious. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, getting back to, you know, the business at hand, we have only two episodes to talk about this week. As we mentioned, Batwoman and Supergirl were on break last week. So we only had two episodes uh, with that being the Flash and Arrow. So let's dive into it. We'll first give our ranking of the episodes, which I think is probably going to be relatively quick and easy um, this week. Unless legend, it's legend for both of us on everything done and done. (laughs) That was (laughs) that was easy. Yeah, because man. They were both legend episodes this week. Actually, I what what was the ranking we gave to higher than legend? I kind of want to give Flash a new god. Yeah, I do. I I I I'm not. I don't want to. I am. I'm yeah. giving Flash a new god this week. I I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I really. Don't, I love that episode. I don't think I've ever given an episode a new god yet. Um, Flash is getting a new god this week. It's, so, it's it's above and beyond legend. So I will say, uh, I, I, I'm definitely there. My viewing experience of that episode was a nightmare. Um, so really, uh, yes. Did so it have anything w- to do with Ben Flicks? It really did. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, so when it got to the big scene uh, where it is Michelle Harrison uh, as as the embodiment of you know the Nora Allen embodiment of the Speed Force. Uh, and Ramsey uh, and Barry in the room having the argument, everything stopped working completely. 
It oh, took I'm sorry. <laughs> 20 minutes to get it to run, and I did it from my bedroom, which is not hard-lined in. It buffered every three seconds. No lie. And from that to the end of the episode. So it was like, lie, and then it could do it. Uh, and I'm like, mother. All right. I'm refrain from the language. I was... Oh God! It was. It, you know what? It it must have been the copy because I had an issue with it as well, and I was watching it here on my home network, where like I had to crank the volume at certain points because the volume seemed to drop down significantly in certain I, parts. I had no issue with the volume. It was just purely. Uh, it, it's got to be a wonky copy. Then I might have to yeah. fix that. I might have to repair but, that. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was an awesome episode, though. Even regardless of my viewing experience, it was an yeah. awesome episode. So yeah. So let's let's just well, okay. We've got our rankings out of the way. Um, let's uh, let's get into it and talk about okay. the uh, and talk about the episodes a little bit. And we're going to start first with the Flash, season six, episode seven, the last temptation of Barry Allen, part one. Um, I'm I'm just going to throw this out there right now. We've gotten six seasons of the show. Well, five and a uh, five and a chunk. Um, you know, five seasons plus seven episodes. This episode, I'm not gonna lie, possibly top three of the series. I would, I would probably put it in my top five. Um, I would, I would definitely say that because there's so many good episodes, so many good episodes. And the funny thing is, almost every amazing episode also involves Michelle Harrison. That good, um, <laughs> good dinosaur, prime example. That's in my yeah. tops. You know, I, I mean, the finale of season one, like every, you know, like all of these just amazing episodes. Because again, something about her presence on that show, it, it, it just, it changes everything. Like it's just, you know, Grant's. Grant's, uh, you know, acting skills always seem to elevate so much whenever he's sharing time with with Michelle. And it's he already does an amazing job. And he was fantastic through this whole episode. But the moment he sees Nora Allen, um, something just tri- like, you know, trips up his head. And like it's every performance he gives, uh, you know, opposite Michelle is just so absolutely beautifully done um and, yeah it's and, it's one of those things now that you know that like if you see michelle harrison is returning to an episode you're like well shit like this is going to be an emotional episode one in some way shape or form oh my god absolutely absolutely i, I mean you know what like i said i i absolutely adore every time she's on so we got a quick uh moment with her what was episode two this year with uh when they were uh, with over with uh, Jake Eric, yeah, which was awesome, you know, and it was a quick kind of short thing, but so I was really happy we got to see more of her here. And if the rumors are true for what's to come, the later back half of the season, we may see a lot more of her. So um, I'm hoping that might be the case. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, the only I, I gave this episode a new god, as did you. The only thing I have because I actually attempted to rewatch the episode last night and I got about maybe six or seven minutes into it and I kind of changed gears and I ended up watching something else. Um, uh, <clears throat> the only issue I have with this episode and I completely wrote it off because I know what's coming with crisis. The opening scene with uh, Ralph and Ramsey falling off the building. CGI was a little, little lacking. Well, um, I, I, in that scene. Let's, uh, 
I'll be honest, though, any time that they've done stuff with Ralph, it's not looked amazing. I think it actually looked better here than we've seen it in a long time. I've, um, I've, when I say it was lacking, it wasn't the Ralph issue. It was the Ramsey part of it that I was mm. like, OK, that doesn't look realistic at all. Like there's no okay. like it looks like you didn't even try. Um, yeah. But again, you're right on the cusp of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I understand that's where your budget went. And I'm the which is why I like, OK, I, I, the, the CGI was like, meh, I didn't care. It didn't affect me loving this episode one bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, and, you know, and honestly, even still, I, I try to look past the CG stuff, especially on these shows, because sometimes it looks great. Sometimes it looks rough. But I will say what the context of the things that they were doing in that fight were kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was a great sequence still at the same time, though. So I'm I was still pleasantly surprised with all of that. I mean, um, when, when Ralph reaches down into one manhole cover <clears throat> just to come out another one and punch Ramsey. That was, was like, cool. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it was it, it was really, really cool to see. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that little piece that they added there. Um, so uh, let's get into one of the side stories. Uh, okay. It's the side story that ends the episode. And it was the moment that almost had me tearing up, uh, which was, you know, we have Allegra basically talking with, you know, Iris this episode where she's kind of like, hey, uh, you know, Nash was this very, uh, very just forthcoming with the fact that your husband is the Flash. Um, <laughs> but like. She sees the article that Iris is trying to write, uh, which is the Flash vanis uh, vanishes missing in, uh, missing in crisis. You know, that article has to be written. And the fact that we see Iris starting to write that article before the events happen uh, because she knows it's something she has to do, which I and when we get to the end of the episode. And we see her taking the couple moments to actually start writing it. And we get the beginning of it. Man, that was such a wonderfully and well done emotional scene that we've ever seen on this on this series. It was so, so incredibly done. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And one of the other things I kind of want to pride <clears throat> the episode on is that, you know, ordinarily every once in a while when we get those those side stories where, you know, you take a bunch of the characters, in particular, the women, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, because we've seen it from Arrow with, you know, with Canary episodes and stuff like that, or when they did like the Bachelorette party with Felicity and all those and all those guys. Oh, yeah. One of my <clears throat> top three least favorite episodes of the Arrowverse of all time. I, I know it is, you know, but then you take an episode like this week where you put Camilla, Allegra and Iris together and it works. It totally works. And there were some great moments that came out of that story as well. I mean, it was I one really of those. I like them. Yeah. <clears throat> it was one of those things where, like, <laughs> there was one moment where they were all standing outside of the crime scene where the guy got murdered, and the camera pans in on all three of them. But I'm like, ooh, this is a spinoff I would probably watch. You know, Iris Allegra for, you know, the news, uh, the news stories. But. It was it was funny because as I was watching this and Allegra was trying to reveal to Iris that she knew who Barry was, that there was a part of me I couldn't remember for the life of me if Camilla knew that Barry was the Flash because she knew Cisco was vibe. So I couldn't remember. And then it was answered for me which, and when Iris is like, oh, Camilla knows. 
that buries the flash. I was like, she's like, when did you find out? Oh, like last summer. Yeah, Cisco. Oh, oh, Cisco was Vibe. Cisco used to, yeah, Cisco used to be Vibe. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. It was so nonchalant. It <laughs> <Yep>. was so. <laughs> but I, you're right, though. Like, uh, even even my wife, Kat, was kind of saying it's kind of like, it was like I, she's like, why haven't, couldn't they have done this with Iris, like, years ago? They're like, this is such a great part for her character. But I mean, like, I understand that they, and that they have to build to it. And she even said the same thing. But like, it's, I'm really enjoying her place now like you know like they had her trying to lead the team of star with its star labs which just didn't seem to like it fit last year i mean it kind of worked it kind of didn't but like as soon as she started the citizen i'm like yes this is exactly where you should be um and i love the fact that you they have her like as a strong character that finally feels like she's exactly where she was meant to be from years ago like when she was working on like you know, the Flash blog and all these other things, and they kind of evolved that. And it's been a long time since we feel like we've really gotten to this core again. Like, they've had her in that role since the middle of last season. Mm-hmm. But it, it's – this is the episode where it felt like it came to fruition. I, and I think it paid off really, really well, especially with having that end cap of of writing the infamous paper. So Yeah. And I, and I think Camilla is a – or not Camilla. Uh, Allegra is a great addition to this. Um, You know, Iris and Camilla was already a great duo, but now you put Allegra into this and it becomes this this trio of characters that just work really well and really strongly together. Oh, yeah. No, those three those three characters complement each other incredibly, incredibly well. It's such a good little small ensemble within the show that I think we have not seen the last of for quite some time. And I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I mean, this is a series that over the over the years has done really well in building its supporting characters oh my Um, god yeah and one of the things i want to say and this can kind of lead us into the um the main story the a story unless um, i think there's more i think there's another b story with nash but it's not very he just realizes he just gets through the rock i don't really think there's that's it more to it yeah that's all we get yeah um you know, which kind of so this kind of leads us into the discussion on the A story. And it's one thing that by the end of this episode, I really, I really realized what they were doing with this. This whole blood work storyline. And you could tell me whether or not you agree with me on this. This blood work storyline has a deeper meaning than just throwing in a typical flash villain for the sake of building a half season. There's more to it. There is a purpose to doing this. And that is by the end of this fall season finale, which is the one that's about to air um, this week. The purpose of bringing in blood work, because what we saw was this inner battle that Barry was facing between himself. uh, You know, it was all inside of him between the speed force and between blood work. But this was a battle within himself. This was a battle for him to win or lose. And by the end of this episode, he lost, you know, and which we'll talk more about. But by the so that basically means that what all this has set up is that within this second part of this season finale, this is my prediction, at least because the episode we haven't seen the episode yet. This is a battle. Barry is not is not fighting for himself anymore. He tried it and he lost, which means it's up to everybody else to save Barry this time. But because Barry's gone, he's he's a lost character at this point. So 
everything that this season has been building to is basically showing the strength of these supporting characters because they are the ones that are going to have to save Barry. So by the end of all of this, it's going to prove what Barry was trying to do all along, and that's set these characters up to be strong enough to survive without him. And I think that's exactly where this is going to go as well. That was actually my theory. So I think you and I are on the exact same page. And I love that concept. I really, really do. And then by the end of it, though, too, Barry will have the resolve to do what he needs to do in crisis. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, it's kind of like they did everything for me. Now I have to return the favor kind of thing. Yeah, there's going to there's going to be that moment in the finale where Barry's going to after he saved is going to turn to them and say, you know, you guys had the strength to do it by to do it all alone. All along. Yeah. <clears throat> I think so. I, I'm really, really looking forward to what's to come with all of this. I think that's going to be just absolutely awesome. I mean, and I'm, I'm more convinced, too, that, again, yes, Nash Wells will become pariah before the end of this upcoming episode as well. Um, and I, I, I really love comicbook.com's article about the setup for the villain for part two of the season. Uh, their discussions and thoughts about this are really, really heavily connected with the A story for this week. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we have not really talked about it too much, but there's not a lot you can really talk about with it is, you know, like all every one of the best episodes of the show, there's not a lot to talk about sometimes. Um, it's, yeah, sometimes those points are just really straightforward and there's right. not really a lot of diving into in depth to, to break down. Right. I mean, really what it boils down to is, is is Ramsey basically saying, you know, if you do this, yeah, you may lose your soul in the process, uh, but you get to have a perfect life. Like, everything's fine. You get to save everybody. Like, no one has to die. And the Speed Force is basically kind of like, no, that's not, that's not how this goes. Uh, that's the kind of the cheap way out. And if you do it, you're going to lose everything in the process. Not only are you going to die, but your you know your memory gets tainted yeah so and and we see a pretty epic kind of tug of war literally over barry between the speed force and blood work and it was incredibly incredibly well done but we we do see barry just kind of become zoom or not zoom but reverse flash for a moment like we see that great kind of scene where like he knocks like the the embodiment of the Speed Force to the ground, and then we see that the the overlay that happens real quick of the flash of reverse you know, reverse flash standing over Nora Allen before uh, she's killed because we see him do the vibrating hand through the chest, which was such a great great flip on that that scene from the the first season. Yeah. So, uh, but it was it was really intense watching how that played out and seeing all these pieces, but the. The big theory right now is basically the we do see, you know, because Barry kind of does get kind of well, not kind of. He is taken over by Bloodwork by this, but it also looks like we see that the Speed Force itself is kind of corrupted somewhat as well. And people are wondering, do we even need a Bruce Wayne to become the Red Death? If What if we can just have, you know, a another host or even just maybe Michelle Harrison? as the Red Death. And it is now we have a corrupted speed force that's gunning after Barry next season. Or like part the second part of this season. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, if that's the case, do it up. I love that concept. I love that idea. And a lot of people are thinking for real, Red Death is what's next. And I'm I'm incredibly excited to see what that's gonna be like. I am too. I mean that's something we kind of 
talked about earlier on uh, in the podcast is the possibility of Red Death, and we didn't know, <clears throat> you know, how it could be set up. But after seeing, you're right, after seeing this first part of this fall finale, there's definitely pieces there that could lead to Red Death being a part of it. And like you said, even if it's not the traditional way of Red Death that we know, it being Bruce Wayne, but, you know, in a different form, it still absolutely could work. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think if you have a corrupted version of the Speed Force gunning after Barry, I mean, think about that. Think about what that can be like. Because, again, that's a Speed Force that has control of, like, the time wraiths and all these other things and what that can bring to the equation. Man, that would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see that. Absolutely. I would absolutely definitely want to see more of that. And I would love to see what their take on it is going to be. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just a matter of is it going to be hinted at before we get into crisis or is it something that's going to be revealed once crisis ends? And I think most likely it would probably be after crisis ends because they're going to want to tease crisis. I think whatever happened, because we find out that by the end of, <clears throat> you know, while all of this is going on with Barry, by the end of this episode, we're less than... I think 24 hours away or 36 hours away from crisis occurring. Well, that, that was this episode. This episode was 36 hours till crisis. I, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So yeah. by uh, the so end of like, this second part, this is probably going to end literally, I'd say, an, an hour or two, if not less, than crisis yeah. occurring. Oh, I think this is more or less like, boom. Crisis starts in the end of this episode. I, I don't think there is downtime. I think this is it. This is by the time blood work, the blood work case is fully wrapped. Crisis is 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 in motion. Like, I, I think this is going to be kind of like this is the show that is the true cliffhanger in. And I think all of these shows are going to have that moment. Because we know that in The Last Temptation of Barry Allen Part 2, they find out that Earth 2 is gone. Yeah, um, like we know that from the news stories a couple weeks ago. So there's a lot to happen in this episode, and I, I would be I would not be surprised if the blood work side of this stuff gets gets wrapped up in the first half of the episode, and I'm fine with that uh, because the rest of it they've got some heavy lifting that they have to carry, um, and I'm I'm all aboard. I, I think I think this Tuesday night is going to be something kind of exceptional. So I do too. I mean, when you consider that it's you know. It's the final episode. I think uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm anticipating going legend across the board this week um, or next week for all four episodes. Um, maybe I think maybe Batwoman might be the, the questionable one. Um, well, that one we know is the big tea party thing that Alice has been building towards. So I have a feeling that's going to be really good, too. The one I'm actually more concerned about is maybe Supergirl. Uh, so uh, it's a question of where that one falls because that has the, the most heavy lifting to do as far as a midseason finale. Um, because they didn't, they got to their plot point so late in the game again, like old Supergirl used to do. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that by this episode, they, they they're they're doing something exceptional. So we shall see what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I'm trying to think. I mean, is there really anything else about the episode no. that we need to talk about? Uh, we we got our bases covered on this one, so I think we can move in arrow. Oh, so. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess the only thing really I can say, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, is um, to to uh, to Grant Gustin, man, well fucking done 
This is some of the yeah. best acting I've seen from him from this series. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, and you're right. Acting alongside Michelle Harrison, it just seems to bring it out of him. And he's, you know, I mean, we've saw, we've seen a lot of those emotional moments with him and Michelle before. But this week, man, just topped it. Like he, everything from sadness to happiness to anguish, he covered all ranges of emotion this week. And he did them top notch. So w- yeah. well done to Grant this week. Uh, if there was awards for this, which there are, they're called uh, Emmys. Uh, <laughs> he would deserve one. He absolutely would deserve yeah. one for, the, for this episode. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, this coming week, The Last Temptation of Barry Allen Part 2, which is the uh, second part of the mid-season finale with the Flash battling Bloodwork, Iris and Cisco fight to help Barry take control of himself before he's lost forever. The rest of the team fight to reclaim control of Central City from Bloodwork's growing army. And then, as you mentioned, uh, this is the lead-in to Crisis on Infinite Earths. And, man, just talking about it, I'm getting more and more excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm right there with you. <clears throat> oh, right there with you. All right. I apologize for clearing my throat a lot. For some reason, it's still early in the morning. And for some reason, like I'm still trying to clear my throat of that morning Flemish stuff. Um, all right. That leads us into Arrow season eight, episode six reset, which we both gave legend across the board this week as well. Uh, and I want to say I'm going to start the conversation with this. This was Dector. Oh, by the way, The Flash was directed by Chad Rowe, who returned uh, to direct. Uh, this week, directed uh, Arrow, directed by David Ramsey. Fantastic job. Ordin- mm-hmm. Ordinarily, I feel that the whole Groundhog Day trope is very overused. Um, a lot of shows use it. Uh, didn't feel that way at all this week with Arrow. Man, they did it, and they did it in such a way that I was not bothered by them using it whatsoever. It yeah. it had it, humorous moments to it and ended in such a fantastic emotional way. Um, again, leading into crisis, that's it was it was wonderful to watch and loved having gotten that chance to see Paul Blackthorne return to play Quentin once again as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I 100% agree with you on that completely. Uh, I thoroughly think they did such a wonderful job with this because you're right. Yeah, that the Groundhog Day angle is is so incredibly overdone, especially in television. Um, and there's never any stakes in any of these things. Like there really aren't. Like, and that's what drives me nuts is they try to be like, "Oh, look, every character died. Isn't this the worst thing ever?" I'm like, "We know they're fine." This stop trying to hit us over the head with it like because all of those shows treat it that way and it's stupid and annoying and just like let it go like find something new and unique to do but this like they know and i even like the fact that we have quentin return in this and even quentin knows i'm gonna die my objective is for you guys to find a way to keep me alive to get you maybe out of the loop but i know i'm supposed to die like he even makes peace with that before anybody else does and I love that concept. He's just kind of like, okay, that makes sense. I get it. Um, and I love the way that they handled it. Like, it worked really, really well in this context. And it was just about teaching two characters a lesson yep. of what they need to know and accept. But one of the things I really love that I know we're going to be jumping really into this because 
this is going to be an incredibly short conversation because we're essentially talking about three scenes we're, we're, that just keep happening over <laughs> yeah, and over and over We're talking again. about the same five to seven minutes that just keep repeating itself. So, right. But I mean, like, I love the fact that, like, Quentin's return in all of this is he even goes back to talk about when he shot by Diaz. And he was just like, I wasn't supposed to survive that. I felt like I kind of cheated death there. And I love the fact that that was true. You know, like, he was like, no, I, I know I'm not really supposed to be here. Um, and I kind of already put that together and kind of understand that that's just it was just pure luck. And so when all this goes down, he's like, no, I'm OK with that. I feel like I was supposed to die back then. I knew that that was my time, but something happened that made it not be the case. So I thought that was really uniquely handled the way that that whole thing played out. Uh, so and the whole purpose of him being there was so Laurel had an opportunity to say goodbye. It was a reward for her. And I love that that was the idea. It was the monitor was trying to prove if she could be a hero, if she could be trusted in what was to come. And the fact that she remained loyal to you know, Team Arrow between OTA and TAFTA um, was the big, huge piece. Even though the monitor said, I'll do all these things for you, bring you back everything that you lost just for this. And that was never possible. It was just purely to test her resolve. Yeah. And the fact that she did, it was just like, the only thing I know that you've ever wanted to was to say goodbye to your father. So I made that possible. And I'm like, that was awesome. I really thought that was incredibly perfect. And it finally gets her into this final stage of being Black Canary. It was that last piece she needed to become the hero that we had Anatoly talk to her about a couple weeks ago. Of kind of like, no, you are this. And she was still not sure. But this was kind of like, yep. That's exactly what this and, is. And I she need, <clears throat> needed to hear it from that one person. Yeah, and I and I love the fact that the whole um, you know, it kind of tied into the the last two weeks of, of Arrow with the interactions between, you know, her and the monitor and then her and Lila, you know, of her having to betray the team, that in essence, that whole thing was just a test to see if she would actually do it. The monitor did not want her to betray Oliver. He wanted to make sure she was, in essence, going to be a true teammate for him. And that was the test he put before her, and she passed. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what it is. You know? Oh, <laughs> so, I know. I was just I yeah. was just kind of I was just saying, you know, that's that's what I loved about it. And I was just kind of summing it up. Oh, a yeah. Bit okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. So uh yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. I I really thought that was great. And you know, the Oliver of it at all, it was it was a little less in depth. It was more just kind of like, you know, you just can't change what's coming. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, you have on with the yeah, show. Well, I mean, you have <laughs> so. two, you have two characters, you know, you have two out of three characters that are very integral to crisis in arrow, the flash right. and Supergirl. You have one who's kind of already accepted his fate, uh, in that he's supposed to die in Barry Allen. You have Oliver who, knows what his fate is, but refuses to accept it until this week. But on the more interesting note of everything too, which hasn't even really been explored yet, you have Kara who doesn't even know what her fate is yet. Yeah. Which we know we're going to be finding out about. Yeah. So. I mean, like her, she's fated to die as well. And she hasn't even, we're, we're literally crisis is looming hours away and she has no idea. So when we get to that point, whether it's this week or when it doesn't happen until crisis starts, officially starts, it's going to be very interesting to watch her interactions play out with that. 
because she has again right. she has no idea yeah that's very true i i just have one thing to add yeah yeah <laughs> so nice little inside joke for between ben and i when we talk uh, and our buddy bill when we, yeah. when we game when we game uh there's a wonderful game called villainous that's uh made by ravensburger for uh that follows disney characters and that is that has become a house rule with whatever you <laughs> yes screw over the other player uh with the fate chip uh, it must be uttered in that tone fate so, and we have to. We're tr- we're trying to get everybody else who plays that game to do it. As of right, n- it's starting to happen. Yeah. It's starting to happen. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah. So I mean, you're right. It's a very it, it's a very interesting interaction. Um, you know how everything played out, and I think this episode, in essence, it, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think this episode was possibly bigger and more important to Laurel than it was to Oliver. Uh, and I think Oliver's moment is going to be this coming one because we know they end up back up after everything is done and they break the loop. They wake up in Leanne. Yeah. And and everybody um, is and, there. And everyone's there. It's, you know, we see Mia there. We see William there. We Connor, see, you know, Diggle. Con- uh, you know, Connor, Diggle. And then obviously, you know, um, oh, my God, Laurel obviously is yep. there as well. So so we we have our, our primary team that we've been really focusing on. Uh, that they have to basically kind of set up what's to come. Uh, this is kind of, I think, probably FTA's final test, I would assume. And most likely we, we will know how this kicks off. Yeah. What's, what's very interesting to note, and this, again, could just be something done by IMDB or something that just was done a while ago and hasn't been corrected yet, but Zoe is in the credits for this week's episode of Purgatory. So it's, it's, I don't know if she's going to play a part of it or if it was just something that was, again, just a mistake on AMDB's part. She might. My guess is, and I could be incredibly horribly wrong, that they're going to build the cosmic tuning fork on Lee and you. I would, I, I would not be surprised if that's exactly the case. Um, because maybe that's what they're they doing. They have yeah. all of the elements, every piece that they needed. P- pretty much like this is this is the culmination of all the missions that the monitor has sent Oliver on. Uh, they've all been accomplished. Yeah. Everything's together now. You know, all the pieces are in place yeah. to do what needs to be done with whatever they have. I mean, and we even get that moment where Lila tells Oliver, like, everything the monitor did was important. Everything the monitor sent you to yeah. do was important. Every piece that he got you to gather was needed. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting. We we already talked about you know um, um, uh, Kavanaugh becoming pariah, um, Nash becoming pariah, and we we already seen the images of the uniform of the costume he's going to be wearing. I'm waiting to see. I I would not be surprised if maybe by the end of this and we're jumping because Oliver or Arrow really is. The final minutes of Arrow are the last minutes before Crisis because it is the last series yeah. to air before Crisis. I would, yeah. <clears throat> I would not be surprised if you're right. We see the tuning fork built only in you, and by the end of it, once it's built, it's turned on, and Crisis is officially starting to happen. We see Lila suited up as Harbinger, standing next to the monitor. I, 
I would not be surprised if we see that maybe this episode. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it's so funny because again, yes, this, this, these conversations today are going to be super short, but still, there's a good reason for it because again, this is, this is making sure those last chess pieces are exactly where they need to be on the board, and that's what this is all about. And it may just be moving one pawn, you know, two spaces forward, and that's all we have to do per show. But everything needs to be exactly where it needs to be. And that's what this week's going to be, too. So don't be surprised if next week we talk about these episodes in the same kind of brief feeling because it's really going to be wrap up the small storyline over here, get these people exactly where they need to be for Crisis. And then we're probably, I I guarantee, probably tonight with Supergirl or Batwoman, uh, just like last year with Elseworlds, when we got that little tag for, like, Earth 90, if we don't see something like that, that is repeated through all four shows starting tonight, I would not be surprised. I think it's going to go a little deeper, to be honest with you. I think, in, I don't I, May, I don't think yeah. like last like last year with Crisis on Earth X, um, or Elseworlds rather, Crisis on Earth X with two crossovers ago. You know, last year with, with Elseworlds, we got the same teaser at the end of all four. I I think each because of the the depth and the and the size of Crisis and the importance that each one of these shows plays, I think each one of these shows is going to give us a different piece of a lead in to Crisis. Yeah. I think they're each going to get their uh, own. I don't think it's going to be a shared teaser like it was last year. I think each one is going to get their own tease. Yeah, I'm I, I'm right there with you, and I get I, that that makes sense. That would be makes a lot more sense because there's a lot more that needs to be accomplished. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, I think that's that's relatively yeah, that's it. All there kind of is to talk about with Arrow. I mean, again, you you kind of you were right on. We we're talking pretty much about the same five to seven minutes just repeated over and over again with a couple differences every time. But it was great seeing, uh, you know, Paul Blackthorne come back. And the other thing, man, last week we prided the show, the series this season on being able to dive into something like crisis, but still keep the same tone that it's all that the show has always had with that more grounded, darker tone. Um, uh, this week, I want to pride them on. <clears throat> you've mentioned a number of times how this season was pretty much a greatest hits, revisiting the greatest hits, and every time we got announcements on like, "Hey, this person's coming back" or "This person's coming back," we would always be like, "Okay, how are they going to do it?" Especially a character like Paul Blackthorne and Quentin Lance, how are they going to bring him back? Man, what a wonderful way to bring him yeah. back! Yeah, you know what? And that's this. This was a great way. And to I do like it. the fact that they've kind of made each of these episodes celebrating just kind of one character, kind of for the most part, versus. Let's throw eight different characters at you. Like everybody really liked Katana. So they made sure that you had a, a lot, one episode with just her, you know, they, they had Oliver's original family kind of pulled together too, with like having more queen and then having John Berman in the mix and Tommy Merlin. That's the only one that was kind of really all kind of combined a little bit tighter, but every one of these episodes made sure that you had the time to spend with one of those characters that, you know, and love without them feeling like they're being overshadowed by everything else that's happening. And that was a really great way to, especially the same way they did that with Anatoly, so on and so forth. And Thea, with seeing Thea. We had had an episode just like that for Thea. I think it was really great to see all those things play. So, And I'm sure we're going to get that again this week with them going back to Lee and you, because I know they've already announced, um, uh, God, I I think um, Yalfei 
wh- who was mm-hmm. a character from season Correct. one, is going to be returning for from Purgatory. So, yes. yeah. You um, know, uh, we're going to see some more familiar characters coming back this week. Yeah, I, 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 there's there's one person though I really really wish we would be seeing is I feel like Nissa is so important to this, and I really hope that they they find a way to sneak her in that we just didn't know about. You know. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think because I mean, this, it's, Katrina Law has placed put had, had such a major impact on the show, so. And Katrina is absolutely wonderful. Oh my god, she's um, the best. You know, but with her her filming schedule right now, like she's literally in Hawaii at the moment. Right um, now, I know it's, it, it makes those things Hawaii very very difficult. But you know what? Like if they can't, we totally understand it. But still. I'm sure we still have not seen the end of her in the Arrowverse, even if it's in uh, Black Arrow and the Canaries. So, Black Arrow and the Canaries. All right, sorry, Green Arrow <laughs> and the Canaries. My yes. brain's my brain is tired. <laughs> it's funny because for the past two or three weeks, you've called it like different things every time. <laughs> Last week, you called it Green Arrow and the Black Canaries, yeah. and I didn't correct you. I was just like, I'll just let it slide. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's close it's, enough. It, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, going forward into this week, it is another big week in that we're getting mid-season finales from most of these shows. Uh, Arrow, I I don't think, is being considered a mid-season. I think it's just a a break after Crisis. Um, Because after Crisis ends, we still have three episodes of Arrow left. Right. Um, You know, we have Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 4. And then there's two episodes to follow. So, you know, we'll see where they're going to lead us, especially pertaining to crisis. But as of this week, we have, as we mentioned, The Flash, uh, Last Temptation of Barry Allen Part 2, Arrow's taking uh, taking us into Purgatory, its final episodes. And then we also, we're going to have the mid-season finales of Supergirl, which is The Wrath of Ramakan, and Batwoman, A Mad Tea Party. It's going to be a very interesting week next week uh, with our discussions, mm-hmm. but because... I know we're going to be recording and then most likely I'm going to be having those episodes of uh, Batwoman and Supergirl online as quickly as possible to because uh, I, I don't think I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to wait for all of the episodes to air. Well, I mean, ultimately, though, too, it's not like that's how it's working, though. Next week, next week is just one night, then the next night. Oh, that's then the next right. Night. So it's going to be part one. Part it's, two. That's right. Part it's three. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And it's not back to back like we we've had previously. sometimes so we we've got you know we've got to go day by day by day. Which I know all of us are going to be like part one. Okay, cool. So like the moment it's up, we're going to watch it. <laughs> part yep. part two, and then when it's all done, then when all three are done, then it's going to be like all right, let's watch all three like six times, waiting for like a month and a half before we can watch the next section. So. I know. And you know, part three is going to leave us in this huge freaking cliffhanger. Oh, it's already been confirmed. It's already been confirmed by them yeah. saying, yep, it is, episode three ends in a massive cliffhanger. So, yeah. And just like I have, um, this is more for you and I than it is for our listeners, but just like I have done with the past two crossovers with Crisis on, with Crisis on Earth X and Elseworlds, I will be combining all of these into, I will be editing them together into one long movie mm-hmm. so that it can be watched over and over again with no commercials, no credits. Like it literally just play right into each other. Yeah. So although crisis, I might have to break up into two. It depends on. No, um, no, not at all. How, 
No, I won't. It'll be like one, two and a half hour long movie. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So that kind of wraps with the discussions of the series. Uh, so I'll turn it over to you now for uh, for DC. All News. right. So uh, you have a little bit more to report on this. Uh, I haven't dug up the next part of the story yet, but uh, I know you're aware. So uh, for those of you that are not in the know, uh, John Berman was actually just rushed to a hospital. Uh, he had a severe neck injury. Uh, that made it impossible for him to continue the tour he's on. Uh, apparently, he was unable to sing uh, or and practically move for the most part. So uh, he, they rushed him to the hospital yesterday for the diagnosis. Now, you have an update on that, correct? I do. Um, he had an MRI done on his neck because I, I follow John, uh, obviously, on Instagram and Twitter and, and uh, Facebook. Um, he The root of the problem was actually a a C5, C6 uh, joint injury, um, which apparently is not common, but it's not life-changing. So it's not anything where he's going to be paralyzed or anything like that. Um, they had He had some intraspinal injections done to reduce the inflammation. And according to doctors, he's actually, by the time you're hearing this uh, on Monday, he's going to be back on tour. So it's, it's a relatively easy fix. And... Uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who had his gallbladder removed one day and was doing a panel at a con the next, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, he is no stranger to this kind of thing, and he's a trooper, man. He's like the Duracell bunny. Uh, he keeps going. So I have no doubt John's going to be fine, and we all love John, and we're really happy to hear that he's going to be recovering from this rather quick. Excellent. Well, like I said, we wish him a speedy, speedy recovery on all of this stuff. Uh, so jumping over to some more CW news, uh, we have a little bit of information that uh, the casting director, David Rappaport, uh, who has done a lot of the casting for the Arrowverse, as well as Riverdale and a couple other shows on the CW, has uh, started going through the process of looking for two characters for an upcoming show, very well notable, Superman and Lois for this pilot. And the two characters specifically right now are just being described as Matthew and Ethan. I'll start off with Matthew. Matthew is a 14-year-old Caucasian boy with an eye towards casting uh, with an eye toward casting somebody between the ages of 13 and 16 years old. He is described as well on his way to becoming a physical specimen, clean-cut, modest, and kind-hearted, with an aw shucks attitude that somehow doesn't seem dated. <laughs> uh, a three uh, three sport athlete who is already garnering attention from colleges and pro scouts. Uh, the next character is Ethan. It says Ethan. Meanwhile, uh, also a 14-year-old Caucasian that would like to be played by somebody between the age of 13 and 16 as well. They are described as being a young Leonardo DiCaprio who has some inherent darkness to him. Ethan's wildly intelligent, but his mercurial temperament and social anxiety limits his interactions with people, and consequently, he spends most of his free time playing video games. Can anyone else say Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne? So That's exactly who they sound like. Uh, if, if we get the Super Sons in Lois, uh, Superman and Lois, this is already the best show to ever exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say. Um, I honestly, I, I would be blown away if, if we're getting, if we get a Damian Wayne in the Arrowverse. Uh, yeah. And the timing would work too, because it, it's, you know, we know this Batman is supposed to be probably just a little bit older because of, you know, um, what we know so far, at least in, in just the realm of uh, Batwoman. So what we've what we've gotten a little bit. So we know that that is very, very possible. So uh, but if we get this man, that's that's all kinds of amazing and all kinds of awesome. So 
I agree 100%. But there's nothing more to report on it yet, but I'm sure uh, we'll be hearing more and more soon. I know there's rumors that this is going to go in front of cameras February or March uh, for production on the pilot. So we'll be probably seeing a lot more about this very soon. So Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and we still I, we still have to wait. It's still a wait and see, too, as well, to see if it's even going to be picked up. But, I mean, I haven't heard of an Arrowverse show yet that hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Uh, so a little bit more that we know about uh, Infinite Crisis, or sorry, not Infinite Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis is something wholly different. <laughs> yes, um, it is. Uh, but we do know a little tiny bit about Kevin Conroy's like you know portrayal of Bruce Wayne, and he came out officially and said this. He's like, if uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman Beyond was dark, he's like, just uh, just to break break some news to you guys a little bit. Crisis on Infinite Earths, that uh, Bruce Wayne will be dramatically darker than that. And I'm like, so sounds like we're going to get a very edgy, very, very edgy Batman. Um, but we also do know as well, one of the other big key components is the majority of his scenes will be with Kara and Kate. So we do know that are as well already. So, well, because I, I think I think it's also been confirmed. I think the only episode he's in is the Batwoman episode of Crisis. Uh, it's that or the Supergirl episode, I believe. It's, it's one of the yeah. two. But yeah, I think it, it's a single episode. Maybe he might have another appearance later for like a quick scene. But it sounds like he's kind of going to be more of a simplified, like not simplified, but it's going to be a, a relatively short experience with him. But that's fine. Totally yes. Fine. Yeah. All right. So heading over into the movie side of the universe. We have a little bit more on the Batman and really nothing special, but it's enough that it had a lot of fans freaking out and super excited. But a lot of people have been super pumped that Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Selena Kyle, uh, a.k.a. Catwoman. Uh, she recently just on Instagram put up a shot of her sporting a very short uh, pixie cut, which looks very much like traditional Selena Kyle in the comic books. And I got to say from the shot alone, it looks really spot on it looks perfect so um i'm really excited to see what she's going to do with the character she's already rocking the look we know that film go uh, film goes in front of car- cameras relatively soon so all right and jumping into some other things too we have found out that we've sp- like spoken a little bit back that warner brothers was doing some reshoots on birds of prey uh a lot of those were pickup shots for action sequences and a couple additional pieces uh there has been a recent in- uh, screening again of this film including these new sequences and the um, responses have been excellent and it's sounding like I said we know that this film is getting an R rating um, but we also know now too that there is some rumblings that there are going to be some additional R rated films it sounds like you know we're going to be seeing Suicide Squad also receive that same R rating as well so we're definitely seeing Warner Brothers willing to take a few more risks especially post Joker making and breaking a billion dollars so I, I yeah, I think we're starting to finally I, I think DC is actually finally starting to catch its stride. Well, I think they know that they're they can do whatever they want and they don't have to be hamstrung by a PG-13. And I think that's what they're learning. And then they're saying, hey, you know what? We can just go and uh, make this exactly what we want for an adult audience and they'll go see it. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but speaking of two other films that will probably not be R-rated for DC, so we have a little <laughs> bit of uh, uh, rumblings, at least at this point, where we're hearing that The Flash is reportedly supposed to start filming in 2021. Uh, it sounds like we're finally going to be seeing things moving right along, and we've said that a lot of times over the last couple of years, but I know there's been a lot of discussions about this is because they were working around uh, 
you know Ezra Miller's commitment with um, Fantastic Beasts, and because that other film is is pretty much going through its shooting stuff uh, relatively soon, it sounds like this will be his film after that. So, so we do know that's going to be the case for the Flash, but we're also seeing that Aquaman two will be going in front of cameras also in twenty twenty one. Um, quick question: mm-hmm. Are because this is kind of my attitude towards it. As much as I love the character, are you nearly as excited for a Flash movie? No. I I'm mean, not either. I, I I'm, really, I'm kind of over it. Well, I think right now, too, it's it's weird that we're still clinging on to that version of the DCEU. Or, well, the DC Cinematic Universe. And mainly just because, I think because a lot of the projects kept stalling out, felt like they were dead. I mean, we know it exists. But, I mean, like, we know the continuity is just not as big of a deal for them right now. I mean, we have Aquaman 2 coming. We have Wonder Woman 2 coming. Um, you know, Suicide Squad is kind of a reboot. But we have the same Harley still in, the, in that universe. But, yeah. like, things have changed now, though, because of, like, the, the Black Label films that they're doing, essentially, because of things like Joker. And now with uh, some other things kind of on uh, that, that are being rumored and rumbling that they may do experience this with a couple more villains of doing films kind of in that same vein. Um, And there's been some rumblings that could be what Joker 2 is. It's not actually a Joker film, but another villain movie uh, that's focusing on one character. So that could be the case uh, with that, which is a great concept. And it feels like it's something unique and wholly unique that Warner Brothers is willing to do over Marvel, you know? So if they are are willing to play around with these things, it could be kind of interesting. But we'll see. I think it's going to be a big wait and see. We know Batwoman and Supergirl are right around the corner, too, that they're going to be discussing. Big rumors are we're going to hear a hell of a lot more about that come San Diego Comic-Con in 2020, uh, where we know that's coming. Even Gail Simone has kind of tipped her hat saying, hey, uh, just to let you guys know, there's a lot more coming for Batgirl on the silver screen. Uh, in, in the relative re- relative future. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we find out a little bit more right around the time of Birds of Prey. So, uh, But yeah. I know um, we'll, we'll be seeing more on that, though. Yep. Um, but one of the other things that we have to obviously come to discuss is there is a heavy rumor, too. A lot, a lot of people have known for some time that J.J. Abrams and his production studio, Bad Robot, have signed a relatively large deal with Warner Brothers. But there has been some heavy reports that they are looking to have him take over Green Lan- the Green Lantern film or Superman. So it is a big wait and see. I think he would be an amazing pick for either of these two kind of angles on which way they choose to go. Yeah, me too. I, I'd love to see him take the helm of either one. Yeah, so again, this is going to be kind of an idea of something I'm sure we're going to hear a hell of a lot more about come next year. So, uh, But I guess, you know, take all of these those pieces on the shooting times for these films, this rumor with J.J., Purely as a rumor right now, but again, we know they're definitely making their their way around places like Variety and all where a lot of these stories are coming from. But again, they're still in that rumor status at the moment. Uh, But the last thing is something that's a rumor no longer, thank God, because I am sick and tired of talking about when is the next Batman game coming? Well, we know officially, uh, officially unofficially, I'll put it that way. (laughs) <laughs> Yay, we're all through a bang-up start with this. Yeah, so it's officially unofficially because it's been kind of broken by several people at this point um, and through some very, very credible sources. And it's, again, a game that we know has been coming for a long time. 
the the we've known the title for a long time, the concept for a long time. Even the studio has teased it for a long time. <laughs> uh, but Warner Brothers Montreal is going to be, it sounds like, showing off Batman Arkham Legacy uh, at the Game Awards uh, for 2019 on December 12th. Um, so you'll be able to check that out, um, you know, however you choose to watch the Game Awards. It's not televised, but you'll be able to watch it through things like YouTube, Twitch, you know, I believe on Mixer, a couple other platforms as well. Uh, so, you know, we'll see probably Jeff Keighley be able to bring up somebody from WB Montreal. Uh, where we'll finally see the game in action. Again, the rumor has been for a long time that we will see a large majority of the Bat family playable in this one. And again, a reminder, too, that WB Montreal is the team responsible for creating Batman Arkham Origins, not the Arkham City, uh, not Arkham Asylum, not Arkham Knight. Uh, because that is Rocksteady, and we still, at this time, do not know what Rocksteady is working on. But I would not be surprised if this is maybe just right around the corner. Maybe we'll still see this in 2019 uh, before the launch of the new consoles. But it could be a, a new console launch game. We It's a wait and see. But we do know it sounds like December 12th will be the big day. Cool. And you know what? It, it's fun. It's, it's fun because I... I was never really interested in the Game Awards. I, I didn't ever really have a legitimate interest, but I watched them last year and I actually really enjoyed watching them. They um, do a, so they do a relatively good job. They, they hype up the amount of games that are get, they get announced way too often where it's usually it's like here's a, a handful of indie games. Uh, you know, here's a tease for some DLC coming for a game that's already huge and big. I, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, but I think this year may be actually a little bit different because we did not have like Sony have an E3 this year. We They've been relatively quiet. They didn't do a PlayStation experience for two years in a row because they're gearing up towards the PS5 announcement that they'll probably be doing, my guess is January, March, or no, sorry, February, March kind of timeline. We'll probably mm-hmm. be hearing about more about that soon. Xbox will be probably doing more, more, more of the same right around the same time as well. Um, where we'll be seeing more of an announcement made for those things. So I think a lot of them have been... I know Sony definitely has been holding their cards to their chest pretty tight uh, about what's to come. And, um, you know, we see a couple Wired reports coming out. Uh, Microsoft has given us a little bit more, too. Um, so, But I would expect we'll see more. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Arkham Legacy is an end-of-console cycle game for things like the Xbox One, PS4. But we, we already are hearing... Heavy, heavy, you know, like confirmed uh, reports at this point in time that both of the new systems are backwards compatible, obviously, with everything from the previous generation. Uh, we're hearing on the PlayStation side that um, it might be going compa- backward compatible with everything since PlayStation 1. Uh, and which would Xbox, be cool. Which, and then Xbox, I believe they said everything that's going to be playable now, or that is currently playable <laughs> now between 360 games that they made backward compatible as well as the Xbox One games that are backwards compatible will be playable. So even if this is an end of console cycle game, um, it'll still be playable in the new generation. So you don't have to worry about that, which is a big positive. Uh, so like I said, that's a good a good thing. We'll probably just see them be able to maybe be upscaled a little bit more if they're they're programmed to run 4K, you know, 60 frames a second, all that jazz. So I, we'll see I can, that probably a little bit more native. I can tell you right now, if the rumors are true and um, the next iteration of PlayStation is backwards compatible all the way back to PlayStation 1. I've always been a bigger Xbox guy, and so I have both Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I bought my Xbox One before I bought my PlayStation 4. If the backwards compatibility back to PS1 is true, 
Uh, I will most likely be buying the PlayStation before the next iteration of Xbox. And I'm sure you already know the reason why. Uh, yeah, Legend of Dragoon. I can go back and replay Legend of Dragoon. Yep. Yeah. On my next-gen yeah. console. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I'm i really excited to see what next-gen is going to be like. But yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, I would not be surprised to see if this, this game is, again, a, a drop beforehand versus a launch title for next-gen. Well, I mean, there's been a couple games that have kind of spanned both. Um, you know, the like the Uncharted series. I think it was Uncharted Three was re- was released for the current gen. But well, they then- were remastered. They were remasters. They were they were not they 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 did a little bit of cleanup. They did some texture work. They they it's but I mean, like, there's always been cross gen games. Like there always yeah. has been. But I have a feeling this is going to launch before that point. I think Warner Brothers. Hasn't had any big, huge games in a while, so I would not be surprised if this is maybe like spring, summer, most likely, because the consoles are are all rumored holiday 2020. We're not rumored; they've been confirmed holiday 2020. So that means we're going to probably see, you know, October, November. I doubt if they're going to show off the Game Awards now that they're going to wait that long to release this game. That's it. That's a uh, (laughs) that's a very busy four days for me. Uh, you know, with the Game Awards on December 12th, I have a Christmas party. I DJ every year on the 13th. Uh, you and your wife are having your Christmas party on. Oh, no. Yeah. You you and your wife are having your Christmas party on the 14th. Um, it is. Uh, the, or is it the 13th? Thir- 13th, I think. 13th, 13th. Is I think it? Game Awards is Friday night. And then. No, no. Game, is... award, Game Awards are Thursday. Oh, oh, well, that's that's a great week then, because then we've got, you know, Chris's on Avengers well, on Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Then we got to have part two on the ninth, then the tenth, then we get a break. Then we get the game awards. <laughs> then <laughs> Yeah. Then then the yeah, then the party is on the Saturday. You're correct. Yeah. So then I have my Christmas party I DJ on that Saturday, your Christmas party on Sunday, and or Saturday. No, yep. My Christmas yep. party on Friday, your Christmas party on Saturday, and then on Sunday we record a recap of Christ of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And so, that's all good, because yeah. then we then we're on a break for a while. Yeah, we're we're taking a break too, which would be nice. Yeah, we're not doing any we're not doing any Christmas episodes, y'all. Nope. <laughs> so. Nope. We're we're taking a holiday break, which would be nice. We're taking um, a break. All right. So as that, I think that's your that was your final story for the news, right? It was. It was indeed. Um, before we get into the recommendations and um and cheap plugs, I want to mention real quick. I don't know if you've had. I know you you are behind on Titans, but the Titans finale aired and. Um, it was fucking phenomenal, dude. What they did with Titans, you need to get caught up. It, okay, it it was so good. Um, they left us with a nice little tease into next season. Uh, like they actually teased two things in the next season, which I'm not going to tell you what they are. But I'd rather you okay. watch them. Um, seeing Nightwing was fantastic. Which that's not a spoiler. That was literally the name of the finale was Nightwing. Um, and it wasn't a save until the end. Like I thought it was going to be. He comes in in the beginning of the episode. He is Nightwing throughout the entirety of the episode, which is great. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to make mention, too, is the Harley Quinn animated series debuted. I tried to watch that last night. I fell asleep in the middle of it. Um, I'm not sure what my thoughts are on that yet. I enjoyed it. I, I thought I liked it. There were a couple moments that um, literally had me busting out laughing. Um, I think the voice cast is fantastic. Uh, there's there's one particular scene involving an orange seed. I don't know if you remember that if, or if you fell asleep before that. 
I, I did. Am I correct? Is it is uh, is that Jim Rash? That's that Jim Riddler? Rash. That's Jim Rash <laughs> playing the Riddler. Yeah, I thought so. Dean Pelton. Uh, yeah, and, and Alan Tudyk is the Joker is kind of amazing as well. Yeah, um, it's um, super fun. JB Smooth as Frank the Plant for mm-hmm. Ivy um, Lake Bell for uh, as 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 Ivy. It's got a great cast. Um, I I thought it was fantastic. I'm I'm looking forward to watching more. I mean the fact that we have Diedrich Bader as uh, <laughs> as Batman as Batman again, yep. uh, and uh, I will say I did I did get a good laugh though in the beginning of when I watched it of their the way that they're portraying Jim Gordon uh, was <laughs> <laughs> was yes. it, it was kind of hysterical. Yes, so. it, it's fantastic. Um, cool. So yeah, so that kind of leads us into our our cheap plugs before we get out of here, and then we'll give a recommendation. So any plugs from you this week, sir? A uh, brand new episode of Caffeine Crew Cast of Pod yes. should be up by the time you're hearing this. I shot that over to Ben late last night uh, or this morning, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that is all about the 80th anniversary of Batman. So it is Ben, myself, Kat. Uh, we've got Mike and Aaron, and that's the cast, I think, for that one. Yeah, it was yep. only five of us where we're kind of going through, um, you know, like our you know introductions to the Cape Crusader. In addition to the Bat family, talking about the Bat villains. Uh, Gotham City as a whole, our favorite Batman story is a whole bunch. So it was a ton of fun to talk about. Uh, so make sure to check that episode out, especially if while or you can save that while we're on break, if you if not. So uh, because, again, that'll be uh, that'll be coming up relatively soon. So maybe check that out the week after crisis. Yeah. And, be, uh, if and if because it, if you're looking for something, something to fill your time. So and because it's Batman, we're absolutely going to share it on the on the DC DC primetime Facebook page as well. Um, Indeed. So we're going we're going to share that as well. Uh, I loved the episode. It was a, it was a it was a blast talking with uh, with you and Bill and Aaron and Mike, uh, you know, about Batman. And um, <laughs> of course, the big running joke throughout the entire episode, which you knew was coming, uh, was a lot of mentions of King Tut, <laughs> which was just a, which was just fun. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, my recommendation for this week Um I got to see a movie I have been highly anticipating. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about it before we started recording this morning, and I highly recommend it to anybody who goes to theaters to see it. I finally went and saw Knives Out last night, and man, oh man, that movie. I had high expectations going in. It exceeded all of my expectations. Yeah, I, I would like to try to find a time maybe sometime this week to maybe go see it. I, I've been... Uh, I, I've got two chiropractic appointments this week, so it'll be t- timing will be short for me. But then we also have packs coming up, so it, uh, so so much to do, so much to do. And I'm like, I don't know when. I will definitely <laughs> see it in the theater. It may be a couple weeks. It definitely may be a few weeks. Where maybe it'll be a Sunday where while we're on break, then maybe I'll I'll I'll. Uh, Maybe have a mandate with Ben. And we'll yeah, yeah, I'll, I will absolutely go see it again. Uh, but so. I will, I will say this: uh, we are entering entering into December. We're closing out the year, uh, so it holds a lot of value. When I say Knives Out, one of my top three favorite movies from 2019. Very nice. What were your other two? Uh, somebody else asked me that yesterday too, and I, I gave them a very quick answer because they were just two movies that popped in the the top of my head uh, because I had seen them recently. But then I went home and I looked at some of the list of other movies that had come out this year and it still holds true. Um, 
I, I think my other two would be the peanut butter Falcon, which is a movie I've re- also recommended. I uh, actually think both of them I've recommended on this podcast before peanut butter Falcon with Shia yeah. LaBeouf uh, and ready or not with Samara weaving. <laughs> that was, that was Samara weaving is just amazing, but yeah, I watched that last week. That would be my recommendation. Uh, you know, for for this coming week too is uh, that was that was truly fun. That was yeah. a lot of fun. That was just a blast to watch, and and Knives Out was just the same way. It was just so much fun to watch, and man, Daniel Craig is just like he's so good in this movie. It's the entire cast is amazing, um, but Daniel Craig, man, he just he was so good. That's awesome. Movie. Very yeah. very cool. Go see Knives Out. That's my recommendation. Go see Knives Out. Okay. All right, cheap plugs, and then we can get out of here. As always, you can find this pad- podcast as part of the Next Level Podcast Network, thenextlevelnetwork.com, facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork, and of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, facebook.com slash Time. So you can always find me as well through the Captain Crew cast of pods over at thenextlevelnetwork.com as well, so make sure to head over there. You can check out... The uh, the newest episode, and then you can always just subscribe to the RSS feed. Check the rest of our backlog out because again, it is a ton of fun because we we try to make it not to what's happening right now, a little bit more to the topic, so it's a little easier to go back at least to like episode like eh, thirty seven or so. <laughs> yeah, before that, it's a it's a very much a monthly <laughs> pop culture show. Uh, but like I said, it's a we we took it in a fun new way, so. So make sure to definitely check that out. Again, that Batman episode should be up by the time you're hearing this. Um, and then again, next month, we are we are talking all... Well, not next, next month. We'll be recording this month um, all the giant spoiler cast right before Christmas all about the Skywalker saga. So that will be a ton of fun to do. It's going to be fun. And at the same time, I, it's going to be a little sad. Um I have a feeling you are going to have your hands full, sir, picking the cast for that one. Oh, I uh, guarantee I will. Because that's... there's going to be a lot of people who have been in and out of the podcast who are going to want to be a part of that. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I know there will be. And honestly, like I said, that's going to be like I, I already have my date selected, probably. Uh, I'm probably going to look at doing it that Sunday after the movie comes out. Uh, if not, maybe that Monday. So right around the week of Christmas. So but so. Christmas Eve Eve, but I know there's a lot of people that may be traveling. So like I said, we'll, we'll see what's going on, but it will be recording in that or that Sunday or Monday. So uh, like I said, we're going to definitely try to get it out to everybody by Christmas. Uh, I would like to have that recorded and out to you all as fast as possible. So if you're somebody out there that you you've always seen the movie, but you know, a lot of people out around you haven't yet, you have a way to kind of check that out. And that will be a, a, a full on spoiler cast. Uh, most likely, we're going to do it the way that we did Force Awakens, where we're going to probably do talk about uh, the movie lightly, very lightly, in the context of the Skywalker saga as a whole, where we'll do it the traditional way that we talk about uh, pop culture, where when we first were introduced to something, going through it and then talk about the story uh, from episodes one through nine, you know, um, in addition to kind of being a little creative and then probably post that, we will do a full spoiler cast of uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So it'll be probably an extra long episode. It'll probably be about, I, my guess, probably about three hours in length, give or take. Well, there's a, there's but, a uh, lot to talk about. There is. There is. And we'll probably talk about everything Star Wars that is currently canon at this point and some legacy stuff, too, I would assume. But it'll be a it'll be a big celebration of Star Wars. I know we did that Star Wars Spectacular like two years ago or four years ago or whatever it was now. 
but yeah, this is this is going to be kind of part two to that that closes us out. So I'm really excited about that one, though. I, I will just make a quick recommendation before we um, we wrap up this this whole conversation. But if you have an overabundance of people who want to be a part of that, uh, that podcast, uh, you know, I know you like to keep the cast to usually like five, no more than six people. Uh, but let's just say, for example, you have seven or eight. Uh, I would absolutely invite them and then possibly just rotate your cast as you go through the podcast. Nope. It's going to be six. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Just a recommendation. Yeah. It'll be six people. <laughs> and that's it. All right. Uh, hopefully I'm one of them, but we'll see. You, it's your cast, sir. So you have your choice of whoever decides to be in it. I always try to do a split. Uh, three guys, three girls if I can. So... We'll we'll see who wants to and who is available. Well, I already know if one person is available, he has a for sure spot on your podcast because oh yeah, fish fish will be a part of that conversation. Fish is our go fish is our go to expert Star Wars expert. So I mean, you know, yeah, that's like his life. Yes, no, he 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 builds he legitimately builds lightsabers. Yes, um, exactly. It's it's we know that this is this is the episode for him. But all right. Well, why don't we get out of here? Uh, again, a big special thanks to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, you hear his tunes each and every week on this podcast, except if it's an annual. But make sure to head over <laughs> to his uh, page to check out all the good stuff he does. Yes, indeed. Um, so that being said, thank you, of course, for always being a part of the DC Primetime family. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next week, when we start discussing the mid-season finales, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.